I guess first thing I'll start with is just like a quick update. Um, I'm very happy with like where Blitz is at and where it's going. Like, I, like I'm happy with the amount of attention it's getting. I'm happy with the amount of contributors, with the amount of people interested in ma helping maintain it. Um, like, I'm not sure how I could be better. So super excited about yeah where we're at. Um, definitely one thing that's really helped is, is just a week ago at our contributor calls when I talked about getting maintainers. And so we have like nine official maintainers um, in a week, which is, which is sweet. So um, it really, that's really important so that I can focus on like the more, more higher level stuff like authentication and authorization and stuff that we still need to do. So I really appreciate everyone who's who's helping in any capacity of maintaining or even if you're, if you're not a, even if you're not an official maintainer and you're like helping maintain the code like that's that's awesome too. And so we just uh, set up a a um, a bot that'll help with some like labeling, automatically adding labels, um, and moving like issues and PRs on our GitHub project board. So keep an eye on that. And if there's any issues, like just let us know and like we can fix that. Um, and then also like if there's, if you don't like how it's working like say that too, like it's, we have a custom bot that we can highly optimize this perfect for whatever we need. So, um, you know, feel free to, to just say something if like it's not working. Great. Um, so um, Dylan was the only one that had an agenda item before the call to talk about the GUI. Um, does anyone else have agenda items that you want to talk about during the call? I can just like jot those down. Um, so I had a couple of comments in the session management uh, pull request. Uh, if you want to discuss that, I'd be happy to do so. Okay. Okay. I would like to discuss about the uh, deep dive and uh, code base introduction, especially for parts like uh, the RPC, which are uh, huge. Yeah, the, the, you're talking about the like code base um, overview, right? Yeah. For contributors, yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Rudy, do you have things that you want to talk about? Um, uh, not at this time. Not, not, not right now. Okay. Okay. So let's let's start with auth since that's like one of the most important things, um, and people are really excited about it. Um, so I, I, I'm really hopeful for for how this is going to work. So just a quick overview. Um, the first thing we're working on is session management, and Rishab has been working um, a lot on that. Uh, mostly, he's he's mostly done the the uh, RFC for that. Um, and so session management will deal with getting the. Um, so, um, so the the first part of authentication is verifying your identity. So actually, username, password or like social login or whatever. And then you need to manage that session. And we're gonna do that using cookies 
um, and tokens and so forth. And that's the, the session management part, which we're working on first. And so I need to um, kind of finalize the RFC and post it officially in the main repo and then get more kind of public input on that. But probably we can start um, building, like building that out pretty, pretty soon. Um, and then the, the next part of that is I need to work on the identity provider part. So by default, we'll have username and password. Like we'll, and a lot of that code will be, will be generated directly into your project versus in a library. Um, so I still need to work on the details of that. Um, but that's, that's my thoughts. So Rishab, go ahead and, and um, maybe give us an update from your side if you have questions. I, so first, I have not got to your comments yet from the weekend. Um, so I still need to do that. Okay, um, sure. I mean, largely, I just wanted to discuss the comments that I, four of them. But I mean, the most important one is, um, so we have two forms of session management that we decided. One is the default one, and one is the more advanced one. Uh, essentially, the default one is, it's simplest to get started with um, from a user point of view. They don't really have to do anything. Um, they maybe just have to set like what the session timeout is, for example, uh, but that's, that's about it. For the more advanced one, they have to maybe configure stuff like, okay, what the access token timeout is, what the refresh token timeout is. Um, and also um, uh, build like, maybe build a page uh, for redirect, for when the access token expires and you need to, you need to refresh the session. Uh, that may require like a separate page, like sort of a redirect. Um, so um, again, that's mentioned in the comments. You can can have a look at there. Um, but specifically, I want to say that we do not need to build the advanced version right now for the first version, right? We just stick with the default yes. one because that itself is um, is a lot to build. Um, even though it seems simple, but just to do it properly, it requires significant effort. And once yes. we have that, we can then start working on the advanced one. Right. Yes. Um, and also we don't really need session. We don't really need anonymous sessions for the first version, uh, because yes. you know, most apps kind of work fine without it. Um, yeah. So these two points. Yeah. Yes. We, I'm all for, um, like just getting the minimum out the door that we can, as long as yeah. like we, we are planning on adding other things and like we have a plan for that and we're not shooting. Yeah. With the, which, which I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so basically when we architect the solution, we keep that in mind that we will keep that, that we want to we wanna build an on session, how that will work. And you want to be able to switch. So we want the user to be able to switch from like the advanced and the basic one um, whenever they want. So if they are currently using the basic one and they decide to switch to advanced one, they should be able to do that. And all the users should not get locked out, right? Um, so it's, it should be super simple right. for them. They obviously have to make code changes, but it should not affect the user experience. Um, so so keeping that in mind, we got it, you know, you got to architect the whole system, but we can just implement like the simple part of it first. That's it. Okay. Um, I've got a quick question. Mm -hmm. what, what would be, what would be, so, I mean, like, so you talk about the difference between kind of uh, what, what a user has to do to implement the different sort of uh, uh, session cases. What, what are the use cases for, for, all, for these different sort of levels of, um, levels of authentication? Right. So that, um, so let me talk about the advanced one. It's basically more secure and it's secure for multiple reasons. Um, you know, if, like the default one has just one access token that is long lived. So if a user wants their, um, if, if, if a user blitz wants the end user to be logged in for like a month without having to re-authenticate themselves, which is quite, you know, common, 
um, then the, the end user will do just one token. And um, that's basically going to last for a month. Um, now, the issue with that is that token gets stolen for, you know, however, then the attacker can basically assume that end user's identity. Um, and that's a breach, you know, that's a security issue. Uh, so the default one would be that. The advanced one will have two tokens, an access token and a refresh token. Um, the access token will be really short-lived, like a couple of hours, maybe a day. And uh, the refresh token is what will be one month long. Um, and whenever the access token expires, uh, we use the refresh token to get a new access token and a new refresh token. So this way, um, let's say an attacker steals the access token of an end user, then you know they build a user only for like within that time window for you know it's a lifetime, which, is, which should be short, a couple of hours ideally. Um, and if the attacker steals a refresh token, uh, which is longer lived, um, now because of the refresh token keeps changing, we can kind of uh, that kind of creates a dynamic where you can detect um, token theft, right? I can go into more details about how exactly that works if you're interested right now, but summarize that's basically the difference. And, and so just, just ask us a, a stupid question. Um, yeah. So, so with that first, like, is that at all insecure though? Like uh, the first, uh, like the, the, the simple option is that, um, uh, cause would it be a, would it be a mistake? And I'm just posing the question, would it be a mistake to sort of start off with that? Would it be better if, if, if the default sort of version of security in blitz is, uh, much stronger? Um, so I don't think it'd be a mistake. It depends on the type of app, right? If you're building like a simple to do app amongst your friends, or if you're building a, a very, you know, like a personal project, which is not really, it doesn't have much personal information, nothing to steal, blah, blah, then, then you're perfectly fine using the simple version. Um, if on the other hand, you're building something like, like a healthcare app or, uh, you know, some, some app that requires transactions on it, um, then you're better off using the more advanced version. The, the problem with the advanced version is that, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, the problem with the advanced version, the reason it's not the default one is because of this refreshing of the session, right? So what happens is, um, let's say the user goes to example.com, which is built in Blitz, and the access token is expired there. Um, the refresh token is not sent on that request. Uh, what happens then is that the API will have to um, redirect the user to a specific um, path, which they can define. And then in that page, um, you would essentially refresh the session and then redirect back the redirect the user back to the original original um, request. Um, now that means that the user has to create some sort of a UI for that that redirect page, right? Even if it's like just visible for one second or less than that, there still needs to be some UI. Um, so like a, a lot of sites just okay, they just have a simple spinner or uh, they just have like a white screen because a very short amount of time. So we can provide a default UI for the user. And that will reduce the amount of work that they have to do, but it's still something to, you know, that they have to think about. And, and also it's, it's just generally a lot of, uh, if you, if you want to know about how the session works, you have to like really understand all things to be able to get started with this kind of thing, this kind of a complex setup. So what I was going to say is our default method is like how rails and Laravel have always done it. Correct. Yep. So it's, it's not like it's insecure. It's just not like, Highly secure for like advanced use cases. Highly sensitive data. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Anyone else have uh, thoughts or comments on the questions on the authentication? Okay. Um, 
let's let's move on. Oh, I, I wanted to mention that um, next week I am speaking at React Europe, the conference uh, remotely. And then like a couple of days before that, I'm presenting at um, Jaga, is that how you pronounce your name? Jaga? Okay. Uh, so I'm presenting, uh, presenting at his meetup in Italy a couple of days before that. So it'll be a nice uh, practice run. But um, as a result of that, I'm gonna be focusing on conference talk over the next week. So I won't, I won't get to focus heavily on off until, until that's over. Um, but so that's just an FYI from my side. Um, and then, okay, let's talk about middleware. Um, so middle HTTP middleware is uh, very important for the authentication. We have to have that to access like the cookies, um, insect cookies and so forth. Um, so I think we, in the middleware RFC, it's an issue on GitHub. I, I think we've pretty much settled um, that we're gonna use um, a connect compatible API so that any like express middleware type stuff should should work. Um, so maybe we can just touch base on that and like, especially Rudy, just to hear your thoughts of if you're happy with that. Um, and then we can probably open a separate issue to for actually implementing this and someone can work on it. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense to have a connect uh, compatible API. I, I think it'll, uh, it, there, there might be some, some, some pleasant side effects for that. So, yeah. In a, another direction. So instead of uh, trying to be uh, connect compatible, it's maybe worth taking a look at the uh, Festify ecosystem, which is in, in the past year is going really, really good. I'm not sure if uh, any of you are familiar with Fastify, but it's... Uh, is a is an HTTP framework which is uh, basically contributed to by uh, some uh, node uh, team member. For example, the uh, uh, Matteo Collina is the maintainer of the stream package in Node.js. is also the creator and maintainer of this HTTP okay. framework. It has a very uh, advanced and interesting uh, plugin system, which uh, instead of uh, creating a middleware chain as a, a user by connect. It, uh, it is really an, interesting, like an interesting ar a tree architecture that uh, allow to uh, set plugins, uh, like kind of anything in, in, in Fastify is a plugin. Uh, uh, Rot is uh, anything that decorates the, the request or the response, for example. Um, you can basically, just enable uh, some I don't know, authentication or some logging or some specific thing on only specific routes without, uh, uh, I mean, it's very modular. You, you can uh, have like a, a small app inside uh, inside your app because given it's a tree, it's a tree of plugins. So you can mix and match everything and you don't have dependency of uh, the other uh, of the other nodes, so you can basically also have uh, in con uh, uh, use different dependency and, and stuff like that. Is uh, is worth taking a look because uh, yeah, it sounds really powerful. Um, I think yeah, to, I think to, we to wouldn't be able to smart take advantage of a lot of it because like our middleware layer is going to be pretty slim. It's only for it's like an escape hatch for accessing 
the HTTP layer, but most things will be like in queries and mutations. Um, but yeah, we can take a look at that. Um, have you looked at it, Rudy? Uh, no, I haven't actually looked at Masterby. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be good to have a look, but I agree with you, Brennan. I think it probably should be pretty slim based on our kind of use case. I think we'd want to sort of try and provide uh, hooks into um, our mutations and queries more than uh, the HTTP layer. Yeah, okay. I agree oh, with yeah. that. We're just, uh, just worth, worth taking a look because architecturally is uh, is interesting. Also, yeah, the, is, is super easy to test. It's built in. Okay, cool. I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. Yeah. Anyone else have anything to say on middleware? Okay, a uh, quick update on the website. So we're trying to get an, like an uh, alpha version of, of the website and documentation out. Um, I'm not, I think maybe within a week we could have that up. Um, so it looks ugly, but at least we'll have some documentation that we can start filling out and working on and improving. Um, and then Christina, our designer, has already started on the official website design and I'm pretty happy with where it's going so far. So that'll probably be a, a few weeks longer until that's ready to go. Um, but that's an update on that. I don't, I don't think there's much to comment about unless anyone has something to say. Okay, um, Dylan, do you want to give us an update on the GUI? So just for FYI, anyone watching, um, we're working on a graphical user interface that will do everything the CLI does and more because it's graphical and so we can like display stuff, like we could have a really nice view of all the routes, like visualizations and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. So Dylan, do you want to give us an update? Um, yeah, there's not a massive amount to talk about so far. I've just been sort of working out how to actually do it and how to interface with the CLI, but with um, Adam publishing the new uh, generator package, that's become a lot easier. Um, previously, what I was trying to do was use um, child process to run commands, but that is just bad. Um, yeah. But I have a um, branch called GUI that people can look at on GitHub. Um, cool. That's but, a separate branch. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm almost done with like creating projects and sort of um, syncing them between the database and the file system because there's no good way to work out where projects live except actually storing that manually. But then you kind of have to check if that's been deleted or moved or whatever. Right. That sounds great. Um, where, what do you think about, um, I guess like, um, I'm just thinking about forward, like other people helping with it. 
Um, at what point would it be ready for other people to help with? Yeah, I mean, I've, um, where it is right now, it's basically there. Um, I think once I've finished um, actually making the project creation work, then anyone else could have a look. Um, I've pretty happy with where the sort of architecture is and how I've laid things out. It's basically just a blitz app, but um, I'll write Sweet. some documentation about how to how to do stuff with it. Cool. Um, I, th I think it, maybe it's worth going ahead and opening a PR for it, just marking it as draft so that we can just like start seeing and just for curiosity's sake, if nothing else. Yeah, the one thing is, um, does anyone have any ideas about how we want to actually distribute this? Um, like, is it just built into the Blitz CLI and then you just go like Blitz GUI or whatever, or is it a separate download? I think it would be sweet if it can just be like, well, Blitz GUI should open it, should start it, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose it could download it dynamically, like on the fly if it's not there. Um, I guess it depends how like heavy it is. If it's pretty lightweight, we can just pack it in the bundle, the NPM package. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's like pretty heavy, then maybe we need to do further installation. I, I don't think it would be um, a, a bad user experience to defer the, defer the installation. Um, so I guess another question, like, is this a, is it more like a, a project by project GUI or is it like one GUI to like run all the projects on your computer? Um, it's one thing that handles everything. So you've got a sort of um, dashboard view where you can see your list of projects and then you click into each one and, you know, do whatever for there, run it, look at your packages. Okay. So in that case, we should have some way to open it without the terminal, probably like an electron launcher yeah. app or something. Um, what, um, I, I, I picture myself going into a project and then like running Blitz GUI. Like what would that do if it, if you run that inside of a project? Would it open the, like the global app and then open it to that project? You could do that, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe it makes sense to to be like an Electron app. And to be honest, I I don't I don't know. Like I never use GUIs. Like I love the terminal, so I I don't have a good under I don't have a good uh, sense of like how people who want to use the graphical user interface, like no, what's, yeah. what's the best experience for them? I don't know if you ever used the, or uh, saw the code base of the ZNAV, the, 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 the CLI. Uh, yeah. No, uh, sorry, the Z desktop, which is yeah. the, yep. the Electron one, which runs uh, next is uh, a next application basically. <laughs> it's just a rapid, uh, 
it's an electron application to handle the system stuff, but it's 99% uh, is just our next application. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. There's, so, um, I think um, Kitsi has a, a project that's like JSUI or something for managing JavaScript projects. I think that's an Electron app. Okay. So it would be similar um, type of thing, I think. Right, I, yeah, I see that, yeah. Uh, maybe we could, I don't know if it's, if it would be a good thing to open an issue on GitHub and say, like, how to distribute the Blitz GUI, like a discussion to see if we can get anyone's input on yeah. what they would like. Oh yeah, I, I forgot to, to talk about uh, this one part that is interesting of uh, now desktop is that uh, as far as I remember, they compile it using like a PKG to bundle a uh, uh, single executable and the, uh, Basically, the update is just downloading the new executable uh, in the background, so uh, it has its own runtime, so you don't have to uh, fight the uh, currently installed uh, uh, I, uh, version for Node or Electron, right. etc. I, I kind of think they're using NCC now to still compile into oh, really? a single file, uh, but. Relying on, I know that I know that now CLI is not using package; it's using NCC. But I'm not sure about the desktop app. Uh, I'm not sure neither. I uh, saw about it like one years ago at minimum. Anything else to talk about on the GUI? Um, so, uh, a small word on installers. Um, so we, I like open this RFC on installers so that you are like a one line, one command, um, to install Tailwind or install anything into your app. And somebody commented about Gatsby recipes and I was like, what's this? Never heard of this. I looked at it and I'm like, oh, what's, this looks kind of ugly. But the more I looked into it, like it's actually quite brilliant. Um, it looks really powerful. So we're gonna have a call with uh, Kyle, the CEO of Gatsby and talk about how we could um, like reuse the Gatsby installers. Um, so right now it's, it's in the Gatsby code base, um, but they're, they're like totally willing to extract out the non-Gatsby stuff. Um, so that the Gatsby, like the recipes, the MDX recipes can be like reused for any project. Um, so I, th I think that uh, will be an interesting thing to explore. Um, Maybe I think people would be happy about that. It's like one last thing to learn. Um, then, uh, there's a PR, Adam has opened a PR with like initial implementation of this, like not using recipes, but uh, using JS code shift, which we could probably wrap up into a component that would go into the recipes. Um, I still need to review that, I haven't got to it yet, but you're welcome to check it out um, and add, add any comments if you have.
Um, so something else we need to, um, I don't know if there's much we can discuss here, but we need to figure out cache invalidation for using React Query. So right now um, we're relying on you to do it manually. And um, there's, we have an issue on GitHub for, um, I think it, the title is define query and mutation usage. Um, and it goes, it has a proposal in there for cache invalid, automatic cache invalidation. Um, and so the, the main proposal there is that if you um, make it call a mutation and then uh, the, the cache on the next route will be automatically invalidated. So let's say you're like on an edit page, you're editing something, you submit the form, you submit the mutation to save it, and then you, then you call like router.push to like go to the product or to like a list page or something like that, we could automatically invalidate that cache. Um, so that's, that's sort of like, it's better than nothing, um, but we think we could probably um, like construct a, some type of a dependency graph in the like during the compile step to um, like do 100% automatic cache invalidation. So we, we can detect that, hey, you make this mutation um, and it's gonna, this is automatically gonna invalidate like this certain set of queries. So that's something that somebody needs to investigate and like spend some time thinking about and prototyping perhaps. Um, like I can do that at some point, but authentication is, is higher priority for me to work on. So if someone, if that's interesting to anyone, um, like you can just comment in, in Slack in the dev channel or something um, and we can like, or, or the issue, um, that this is something that like is somebody should uh, focus on. Yeah, I'd like to help out with that as well. I've got a few thoughts too. Okay, yeah. I think the more like brains we have on this, the better. Yeah, I can help on that too, which is, I imagine is uh, going to be strictly related to the RPC layer, which is I'm super interested in. So cool. looking forward to it. Cool. Okay. Uh, so I had talked about having like a weekly um, contributor onboarding call. Um, that was a week or two ago and nothing has happened. <laughs> I'm too busy. Um, so I, I still think it's a great idea. Um, I'm wondering if there's anyone that is like familiar enough with the code base that could do that already like without me doing it. Um, um, so it could be, it could be a live, um, like what I was initially thinking was do a couple, a couple times live, and then we can record it, and then um, just like have it available for anyone to to view. Um, but it it also could just be a recorded video, the first time, um, get it out there, and then we can have like a live Q and A session if we want or something. But but something is better than nothing. So if someone feels like they're comfortable enough to like give a walkthrough of the code base, and record it. That would be helpful. If we do something like that, I will uh, gladly do also uh, like a textual uh, 
documentation part. Like uh, I know nothing about most parts, so I'm uh, uh, in the perfect situation to <laughs> to start doing some dog tests. So I can have the same question of uh, most. Yeah. So just uh, having someone to ask it directly. Okay. Oh, why is this way? Sometimes it just goes a long way. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's why like a live call the first time would be good to like get more questions and like you would make more progress probably. Yeah, I think if we could assemble a set of questions, I think then it would be it would be an easy format to work through. But um, yeah, I guess I guess it does make sense to do a live call. I'd be happy to help out on that too. If, um, if we want to sort of organize it. Yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and may, maybe it's something where like um, Rudy, uh, you and Adam and myself yeah, like, I think I can like all like, like do it together and like take turns of covering different stuff. That's probably a really good idea. Okay. Um, I will, I will set up a, um, when I can meet page where like anyone can like mark their availability and we'll find a time that's good for uh, Rudy and Adam and I, um, and it might be bad for me in the middle of the night or something. We'll see. Um, and we'll like try to find a time that's good for a lot of people and we'll do that live and then we can, we can record that too and then push it, and then we can always do it, another one later too if we need. Uh, um, that is all of the things that I have to talk about. Does anyone else have something you want to talk about, comments? Yes. So um, Christina and I have been discussing a little about the illustrations and just overall design for the website. And uh, I think you already have, have had discussions with her, but I just wanted to hear again from you, like, how do you envision like blitz in a more of a visual sense? Um, I'm trying to build up some basic illustrations just to like sure. test the waters. I just wanted to hear from you. Cool. Um, so I, I view blitz. Um, it, it should it should be um, like number one, or uh, I'm not sure about number one. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is that. Um, I want to, Blitz should be like professional. It should have like a professional feel that like this is something you can build a serious like business on. Um, like it's not a toy. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it should feel fun. Like it should be enjoyable. It should like make it, make you smile. It should be beautiful. Um, and yeah, it should be like, um, it shouldn't feel like you have to have a, uh, like a PhD to use it or something like it should be very approachable for beginners, but yet also feel like it's 
like it's well thought out, like there's smart people behind it and like it's, you know, it's, it's gonna be reliable. Um, on illustration specifically, the egghead illustrations are like my favorite illustrations ever. Like I, they're just like amazing. Yeah, she's amazing that the lady makes it. <laughs> yeah. So you don't you don't have to like compete on that level, um, but like that's that's the only thing I really yeah. have to offer on like what I like on illustrations. A, a lot of people seem to like uh, those two D illustrations that you see everywhere, the flat illustrations. And and, and I'm and I'm a fan of it, you know. So I was I was like trying to I'm trying to go away from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a real fan of those either. They're they're like so yeah. overused. I think it, it's too ubiquitous at this point. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. Hey, if, any, if anybody has any thoughts on this, uh, any inputs, we have a dev design channel on this on Slack now. So yeah, feel free to add, add anything. Yeah, and thank you so much for like volunteering to work on illustrations. It's okay. I really enjoy being here. Um. So I'm not sure if I answered your question properly, Rudy. Uh, I think I gave a bit too much information too quickly for uh, for, for somebody to kind of um, follow through. So I mean, I'll send you a link on this chat uh, from the RFC of OAuth that talks about rotating refresh tokens. It's basically what the advanced um, method uses and why it's more secure. So you can have a look at that link I sent you. I think that'll clear things up. Cool, thank you, Rishab. All right, and, and that link sort of has like a note at the bottom which says uh, this measure can be problem, you know, can cause problems in cluster environments, blah, blah. So those are also like not a problem in our case. Um, and I'm happy to go into detail as to why once okay. if, you, if you wanna know. Anyone else have things you want to talk about or say? Any questions or basically you can, floor is open. Anything you want to work on? Um, does anyone use the Kanban board, the dashboard that we have? Just wondering. I, I haven't yet, um, but I will now that we have automation set up. Okay. Um, for like being able to see things of like, okay, like what's in progress or like what's in review or what's in that nice box. It's, it's really handy to see all of those. Uh, but it looks like we still have to manually label uh, the issues at this point. For the, the oh, ones that are existing, yeah. the existing issues, we still have to manually add to the project. But I, all new issues in PR should automatically be added to it. Like they should automatically go in the triage column. The, um, the status label should match up to the, the column in the board. So if you move a, a thing between columns, it'll automatically update the status label. Or if you update the status label, it'll automatically move columns. 
I think there's no approved column, so, or was it there? No, there. Check. Yeah, there. so like that might need some work. Mm -hmm. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Okay, um, no one else has anything to say, then I think we can wrap it up for today. The next next week, um, the contributor call will be um, on Tuesday at a time zone that's good for, for America. Um, and then it'll, in two weeks, it'll be at the same uh, time and day. Um, and the details on these calls are on in contributing.md in the repo. Um, there's a section there for the contributor call and it shows like, um, it's like even week is this day and time and odd week is the other date and time, so. Um, I'm planning on uh, setting up a podcast feed for the audio for these so that anyone can just subscribe and get our lovely voices in their ears every week. <laughs> So yeah, I think that's it. So thank you so much for joining today and helping and uh, let's, let's go make Blitz awesome. <laughs>